Welcome in everyone to another edition of Coach Time on the Believe Network. I'm your host, John Lyons, and we have a special guest today, Amari McPherson of the Believe Network. He hosts Believe in Guardians. Amari, pleasure to have you on. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, no no problem. Always excited to talk some Cleveland Guardians. I know we're struggling right now, but um, let's get into it. Yeah, and that's what I want to get into because when I was first sitting down to do some research to have you on, and obviously just following baseball this year, I was really surprised at where the Guardians have taken a turn. Last year, this is a team, they go 92-70, and 70, they win the division, they have that short but exciting time in the playoffs. Now they sit at 27-33. and 33. You follow them every day. You host the Believe in Guardians podcast. From your perspective, what's been the cause of this change backwards? Uh, it's it's kind of hard to pinpoint. There's so many issues going on with the team right now. But what I like to tell people is that the turnaround that we had last year, unfortunately, I think set everybody up for bad expectations this year. We kind of got off to the same or similar start. At one point, we had the exact same record this year um, that we had last year. But last year, we went on that turn and made the postseason. Well, this year, it's not just going to be so easy. Like I said, we have multiple issues going on with pitching, position players. We have a lot of prospects that kind of need some playing time. And unfortunately, there's just not a lot of playing time for them to get because there's so many of them. So right now, it is kind of hard to pinpoint. Um, Actually, you know, I won't say that. We know exactly what the problem is. It's just that there's so many of them that it's hard to kind of turn it around overnight like we did last year. And you say you know exactly what the problem is and it's hard to turn around. If you had to think, what is the biggest thing that they could turn around or the biggest couple things? What do you think they are most able to turn around and try to get back on a winning track? Uh, now that one's a little more difficult. I want to say pitching. Our pitching is decent. Our bullpen has actually been better than our starting pitching. The The biggest issue has been our offense. And because that's the biggest issue, it's not so easy to turn around because there's multiple holes in our lineup. We have left-handers that don't play well against other left-handers. Uh, we have uh, defensive issues going on right now. Guys that we think may be on the trading block, but you just don't know exactly what you probably get for them. So it's easy to say, yes, we trade X player to get X bat for us a little some power because we don't really have power in our lineup. But just because we want that doesn't mean that other 29 GMs will be willing to give it to us. So right now I would say pitching uh, just because we have two rookies in our rotation. There's another one in AAA right now that may see some time either at the end of this summer or sometime next summer. Uh, there's obviously talks about trading Shane Bieber. We don't know what we'll get back for him if we do trade him. Uh, but if I had to answer the question, I'd say starting pitching. And it's funny, you mentioned the two rookies in the rotation. Logan Allen has pitched really well since his call-up. He's 3-2 and two with a 2.76 ERA since he was called up. What I find interesting about him, his first time through the order, he's holding opponents to a 198 batting average. Second time through, opponents are hitting 381. So it's like he can get through that first time, and then he's still developing to the point where he's not quite, and I feel like the Guardians, to me, are a team that's, that's kind of says it all for them. Like they can start out, they can do some things really well, but it's tough for them to stack good things on top of each other. And I think their youth probably has a big part of that. And, and I really found your point early in this show interesting when you said that last season surge kind of set people up expectation wise unfairly. When you take zoom out for a second, and when you look at this team's overall development, because there's a lot of they last went to the World Series in 2016. Obviously, that's their goal to get back, but they are undergoing a rebuild to try to get back there. Where do you think they're at 
in their rebuild, zooming out from a 10,000 foot view? Still in the early process. That's kind of the struggle about trying to rebuild on the fly. I don't think they want to tear it down completely. And I certainly wouldn't want to as a fan that, that sees the team every day. The issue is that we have pieces that can contribute to a championship roster. It's the pieces around them. We signed Jose Ramirez to an extension. Uh, we have some other guys, uh, Andres, Andres Jimenez. Uh, Tristan McKenzie is certainly a shining spot in the rotation. He just came back for injury, um, making his debut this season. But like I said, that's kind of the issue with trying to rebuild on the fly. I think they're right now, they're still in the early stages to where they can see a team that can compete for the postseason, but I don't think it's a team that can compete for a championship right now. And that's kind of the issue. Yeah, and it's a great point. And to, to your point, Cleveland is second in the MLB in rookie war. So you they have a good rookie class. They have a lot of good pieces, but I mean, no MLB team is going to be a championship contender with the rookies leading the way. It's just not realistic. And you mentioned a guy, Andres Jimenez. Now, last year, he hits 297 with 17 home runs. This year, he's hitting 245 with three home runs. What's been the biggest reason in your eyes for his drop off? I think pitchers adjusting to him. I think that may, may be the biggest thing. Um, I don't think he's doing anything terribly different. It does seem like he's trying to press to kind of regain that offense that he had last year. But overall, I mean, especially when the, from the defensive side, he's still pretty good. In his last 15 games, he's hitting 288, which is what you want to see. Uh, even just looking at the eye test, seeing him play, you can kind of see uh, a little bit of a change with him going on right now at the plate. It seems like he's trying to find himself. And right now, some of the offense is starting to come back. But when you look at the overall picture, it's certainly a drop off from last year when he was, you know, uh, got some votes for MVP and probably should have won a silver slugger. We don't know. But I think that same guy from last year is still in there. He's still a young guy. So it's going to take some time for him to kind of regain that process. Yeah, it's a fair point. And it's funny, I feel like so far in our discussion, most of the things we've said about the Guardians have been either negative or, hey, they're a young team, they're not in contention yet, they're not building, yet they still sit in second place in the AL Central. Now, most of that's a commentary on how bad most of the AL Central is. Twins have played pretty good baseball in first place. What do you give them as chances to catch the Twins? Because, I look, I don't think a wild card is coming out of the AL Central. I think you got to win that division and make the playoffs. What chance do you give them to catch the Twins and maybe win that division like they did last year? I give them a decent chance, honestly. We just had a four-game uh, four game series against Minnesota over the weekend. We split that. We lost the first two, won the last two. Um, but to your point, it's such a weak division. And yeah. with the schedule going on this year, uh, you get six less games to play your division opponents. So just like last year, you kind of had the expectation that, okay, they'll eventually turn it around. But this year, you don't get that because you have less games to beat up on your weak division and you're not performing at all at a championship level against opponents outside of your division. So if we're talking strictly in division, I do give them a good chance sitting at second place, but they're still under 500 regardless. Not many under 500 teams are going to make the postseason. Even if you do and you win your weak division, there's not much hope for you to advance after that first round. Um, so I don't have high hopes for them uh, down the line in the postseason, but in order to catch Minnesota, I do think they have a decent chance considering how weak the rest of the division is and whether or not they can catch them. Now, would you rather them trade some of these good young pieces for legit big league talent to maybe win that division? Or would you be okay if they missed the playoffs, but they had this group of rookies and sophomores continue to develop? 
To be honest, I mean, you don't want to see them miss the division. You want to see them perform at their highest level. But the way I think the team is right now, I think that you just let those those young guys play, see what you have. Um, it's kind of hard to – it's not necessarily hard to trade young guys. You know what you have. But I think you can po possibly increase the value if you give them a chance to play at the big league level. If they turn out like Logan Allen and Tanner Bybee, then perfect. Then you have two trade chips right there. Not that I'm advocating that they trade them, but you know what you have because you see they're performing at a high level at the big league level. Um, and then you can go from that point. But right now, I think I'd be OK with them missing the postseason. See what you have in these prospects. Bring them up. Let them give them a chance to shine. Make the adjustment to the major league level and then go from there. Yeah, and I think it's a good point. I feel like a market like Cleveland, if you're going to deal good young players for big time major league talent, you want to be on the cusp of world series contention. Right. And mm -hmm. I think that's something that again, Cleveland's not a tiny market, but it's not one of the big dog markets. So I think that's something that you would maybe want to wait on. And again, if they have, I mentioned it, they're second in the MLB in rookie war. I mean, this is a team that has a bright future, regardless of what happens this year. I think they have a really bright future just in the cast of rookies and sophomores. And now a lot of these guys have playoff experience from a year ago. Even though it was short-lived, they that's experience that there's a lot of other young teams out there that don't have that experience. Look at the Arizona Diamondbacks. Great mm -hmm. young team right now. Not a lot of playoff experience, and it could hurt them down the line. Still a great young team there. I want to move beyond the AL Central now and beyond the Guardians. So, so far, we're about a third of the way into the Major League season already, believe it or not. What has stood out to you? Is there a certain team that has surprised you for good or bad, player that surprised you for good or bad? What has really stood out to you so far into the MLB season? Uh, a couple of things. You want to talk about teams. I think Baltimore, they're proving that last yeah. year wasn't a fluke. They're sitting, I mean, probably the toughest division in baseball right now, the AL East. They're sitting uh, second place behind Tampa Bay. Uh, also sitting in second place, the Arizona Diamondbacks, just like you said. I think uh, San Diego has kind of been overall a disappointment from what we expected them to be. Uh, they made the NLCS last year and they just haven't panned out so far. Um, but if you want to talk about players, Juan Soto probably as well. Somebody that I personally picked that could probably win the uh, MVP out of the National League. And at least after the first month, he definitely didn't have those numbers of an MVP uh, caliber person. Uh, so those probably the, the two biggest uh, surprises for me. Yeah. And I want to zero in on your Padres point because they make the NLCS last year and you look at the team normally a team makes the NLCS like oh yeah they're pretty good their roster is a lot better right now than it was a year ago they signed Xander Bogarts Juan Soto's there for a full year and Fernando Tatis Jr. is now fully back he came back in mid-April this is a roster that's better than last year and they are significantly worse and I don't to me I wonder if it's part of it's a depth thing. You can say their lineups top heavy. I wonder if there's a focus issue there because with the amount of talent they have, they even have Josh Hader, arguably the best closer in baseball. And you look everywhere on this roster, there's great players. To me, it looks like a focus issue that they start and they started out the year hitting bombs and looking really good. Do you think it's a focus issue at the Padres or is there something there on that roster that you think is a problem? No, I agree with you. It could be a team chemistry thing. People talk about chemistry, but I think it's a real thing to where kind of like the Mets, you have this this long list of, of high caliber players, but it doesn't always work when you just throw them together. You need for guys to mesh. And sure, it's a long season, so maybe they can figure it out. But from the onset, it just hasn't happened. And so maybe it could be a chemistry issue. We know Tatis uh, started the season on suspension. Bogarts is out right now with that wrist injury. 
Um, so that could just be it. Guys aren't meshing right now. Um, they aren't playing at a high level at the same time, which you hope they would. But uh, no, I, I agree with, with your assessment of the Padres. Yeah, and I think you, you bring up the Mets too, which is interesting because those are two teams. They threw a bunch of money at free agents. I mean, the Mets were willing to throw more until that Correa deal fell through. And the Dodgers are a team that, yeah, they have a lot of stars and they spend a lot of money, but a lot of those stars are homegrown. They've come up together. They play well together. And you combine, yeah, we can trade for a Mookie Betts or we can sign an elite free agent, but we got five elite prospects coming up every two years. And then that's why they're the powerhouse that they are. I think the Yankees are part of that too. We saw them make a big trade last year, help their team chemistry. They had a really good, I know they ended up flaming out in the playoffs, but they had a good season. So I think you're right. I think there's some, the Astros are another great example. Yeah. They traded for Justin Verlander a few years ago, but they added him to a team that had come up together and were stars together. They win multiple world series in, in a five, six year span. So that's a good point. When you look at the playoff, and I know it's early, I get it. The early playoff races, San Diego's in a hole right now. The Mets are in a hole right now. You mentioned both of those teams. The St. Louis Cardinals are in a big hole right now. They have not played well. These are all teams that not only were playoff teams last year, but many people, myself included, thought could be NLCS contenders this year. Of those three, and if you want to throw in a fourth, that's fine, but of those three, is there one that you have the most confidence in to turn it around and be an NLCS level team? I want to say uh, St. Louis, just because they, they seem to be always in it, regardless of who's at the helm, no matter who's wearing the uniform. Um, and just their guys that they leaned on, Goldschmidt and Arenado, I think are two guys that'll just kind of turn the corner and start leading that team. And they even have some other group players as well. Uh, Nor uh, Gorman, uh, um, Lars, New bar as well. Some really good players that they can lean on on top of the veterans that they already have that if I had to pick one, it'd be it'd be them, especially for the division that they're in. That I don't think is the strongest, yeah. but I definitely don't think it's the weakest. And not to say that I think Milwaukee is a fluke or, or Pittsburgh as well, because I got up to a great start. But I think that St. Louis could definitely turn it around despite the position that they're in right now. I read an article earlier this week by Jeff Passan that talked about the potential. It was on ESPN.com, the potential of the Angels to trade Shohei Otani this year. If they fall out of contention and they think he's not going to come back next year to get a huge haul, very similar to what the Padres gave up for Juan Soto a year ago. Obviously, Soto had more team control. Do you see a scenario? I mean, Shohei Otani is not just the biggest star in baseball. You make a real case. He's just flat out the best player in baseball. Do you see a scenario where the Angels really do trade? I mean, it's kind of crazy to think about that you'd have this guy with this star power on and off the field, but do you see a scenario where they end up trading them this year? Uh, that's tough. Uh, if I had to answer, I would probably say no. I think as long as you have someone like Mike Trout, who is always in the argument for best player in baseball, who's on another uh, high-end contract as well, I think as long as he's playing well with the contract that he has and another team that has some good pieces around them, they really need to step up their pitching uh, in the rotation, they haven't had good pitching despite the performances with Trout and Otani. Um, I, I would say no. I, I think maybe they they ride it out if they do end up trading them. I know there's been multiple reports that said that they aren't going to trade them, um, but I wouldn't be surprised. And, you know, I hate to kind of sit on the fence with it, but um, I would say no. I, I don't I don't think so. They haven't so far bottomed out like they have in, in, in years past, um, even with the Astros not 
having that firm hold on the division that they always have in the past couple of years. So I think as long as they could compete for maybe even a wild card, then they're going to hold on to them while they can. Yeah, I think they probably have to lose like 15 in a row to really think about getting rid of. And who knows? I mean, we don't know his thought process. Maybe he's kind of giving them a wink, wink that he'll resign there anyway. I mean, we have no idea what his eventual plans are. But I mean, look, you're a Guardians guy. I'm a Red Sox guy. I'm really glad for the both of us. Neither one of us are Angels fans because that I mean, having Trout and Otani and missing the playoffs every year has to be the most frustrating thing to be a fan. I mean. They frustrate me, and I'm not even a fan of them. I mean, it's, that's going to be the most frustrating thing in sports. Last question I want to ask you before we wrap up. When we look forward, now we've got – it's June 7th, so we have just under two months to the trade deadline, and I know we just mentioned Otani. In these next couple months, is there a particular name or a player that you think could get moved that's a bigger name? Or, if not, is there a team that you think might try to make a splash between now and then? Uh, yes, actually. And I thought of it before you asked that question. Uh, I know I said I don't think Otani will be traded, but I won't be surprised at all if Otani gets traded to the Rangers. Now, I know it's in division. I know that, you know, teams don't like to make trades within the division, but the po- the deep pockets that t- t- the Texas Rangers seem to have shown so far, they just lost. Uh, they're starting pitching uh, Jacob deGrom yeah. to an, another injury. He's going to be out for the season. Won't be back at the earliest until maybe next fall. Um, with an expiring contract in Otani, again, I know teams don't want to trade within the division, but I won't be surprised if they go out and try to make a splash at some starting pitcher. And why not get the best starting pitcher that's out there right now and show Shohei Otani? Yeah, and you made a great point earlier. The Astros don't have – and look, they're great. They don't have the traditional stranglehold on that division that they've had in recent years. The Rangers are a team. They've played great baseball this year. If you replace DeGrom with Otani, it takes really mm-hmm. the sting out of losing DeGrom out, and it could make them a, a an elite team for not just now but years to come. Eventually, DeGrom comes back. I mean, what a one-two punch that would be. He's Amari McPherson. Amari, why don't you tell the people where they can find your work? Of course. Yeah. You can find me on Twitter, uh, Amari underscore M17. Uh, I talk about pretty much all sports, but definitely do have a focus on baseball. Uh, I do have my podcast with the Believe Network, uh, Believe in Guardians. Uh, I do write uh, freelance as well. I write about the Cleveland Cavaliers with SB Nation. Uh, I do have run my own blog, talk about all sports. And I do have another podcast as well with a good friend of mine, uh, Rocking at the Jake podcast. Uh, that we, again, uh, cover Guardians baseball as well. So uh, give me a follow on Twitter. I have a link tree in there. You can follow all my written work as well. I do write as well. Um, So yeah, follow me and like my commentary. All right. He is Amari McPherson. Make sure you follow. Make sure you find his work, Amari. It was a pleasure having you on. Hoping to do it again soon. Absolutely. Thank you for having me.